Welcome back to Gruber Motor Company, the auto shop of the future. We have a very special guest today, Chet Lord, who owns a lot of really cool cars. Yeah. And um, he actually just bought a Tesla Model S Plaid and has some really unique plans for it, which involve us because we're a Tesla repair shop. Mm -hmm. So before we get into that though, Chet, I thought maybe we could start uh, uh, with your history. Yeah. Um, what got you into this? Uh, you know, what, first of all, how did you, how were you able to afford a Tesla Model S Plaid? That's probably a good place to start. Um, I would definitely say my background is um, emergency medicine, paramedicine. That's what I started with in my early life and worked actually on Scottsdale Fire Department here in this area. Well, I guess we're North Phoenix here, but mm -hmm. it feels like Scottsdale to me up here. So yeah, that's how I kind of got my start in that, in that field. Left that field, went into did mortgages until 09. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that uh, obviously all crashed and we saw that huge downturn. Um, scraped everything I had back together, went back to paramedic school, got my license back and found myself in an air ambulance job up here in North Scottsdale. And once I got into that world, I quickly realized there was a big problem with insurance billing with this particular industry. And the air ambulance world was jet transfers, not what you would think helicopters, and that's what everybody kind of goes to. So when I got into that world, I basically uh, figured out how to do the internal medical billing and billing insurance companies and perfected that, left that company, started my own, and that was 12 years ago. So I basically created a service company for that industry that had never existed before. Um, and it still exists today. So that's Air Ambulance Billing is my company. I mean, if you can get that generic of a name, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right? You know, the the industry is, is ripe to, to go after. So I stumbled into that and uh, been very successful. I do a lot of long distance transfers. So um, talking here with some people here that had, had a similar experience where they were injured in Mexico, for example, mm -hmm. and needed to be flown back to the United States. And that's what I focus on today. Yeah, you know, so. I, I'm fascinated by that. Uh, yeah. Normally, you've got a lot of red tape, you know, TSA and, uh, you mm -hmm. know, customs and all that. Mm -hmm. Do they give you special privileges if you've got an injured party and you've got a private jet them to some hospital somewhere? Yeah, definitely. You have, a, you have an emergency um, beacon, basically, you can put that out. And you can also even block out your tail number for privacy for, for other issues. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can definitely, you have to alert them that you're coming in for an emergency medical or whatever the case may be. A lot of times the jets will pre-plan that. But in certain situations in Latin America, we don't really like to do that as much. We'll kind of just let them know we're here. Mm -hmm. We need to land. We need to ex extricate an American citizen usually. Right. Uh, grab and go. And it's usually a quicker process that way without going through their red tape in foreign country. But yeah, there's definitely those um, those loopholes and, and ways that you can kind of skirt through the system to get those things done quicker, especially in foreign country. Cool. Yeah. You know, this is probably food for another podcast, but I think we'd <laughs> love to hear some of the stories of the types oh, yeah. of injuries, you know, Tons did they fall off Mount Everest, all of that sort of right. thing. But we right. can do that at some later date. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so you've got a bunch of cool cars. Maybe you can talk about those for a moment, and that kind of leads us up to the Tesla. Yeah. So... Normal combustion vehicles. I've even dabbled into some like crazy diesel engines and, and builds that way. I teamed up with um, Diesel Brothers years ago and had them build me a truck, a C10 that I had, and they put a monster thousand horsepower race diesel engine in it and put it in their episodes and whatnot. So that was kind of my first dabble into crazy vehicles. And over that time, I had older stuff. I had a Chevelle with a diesel conversion, mm -hmm. a 70 Chevelle. That was pretty cool. And I did more of the older stuff because that's kind of what I always grew up wanting was the older stuff. And there's a lot of maintenance on those. If anybody out there has dealt with the older stuff, it's like a constant thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so then over time, I transitioned to more the modern, you know, sports cars, supercar stuff. So now I have um, a twin turbo Huracan. That's a fun one that I rip around. Mm -hmm. I take those on. I drive all my cars, too, so that's another uh, key factor. They have to be able to be driven every day. Yeah. They can jump in them and that they actually start. That's right. a that's a <laughs> the key factor. That's a prerequisite. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Those, yes. those uh, garage queens and, uh, you know. <laughs> that's not my car. collector's yeah. game. That's not what I like. Right. So I have a uh, GT2 RS. It's um, 
2018 that Porsche had put out. And I also have uh, the Viper ACR, the newer one, which we kind of bonded over that Viper world. Mm -hmm. Used to have one. Actually, one of my uh, camera guys remembers your Viper. Oh, really? Yeah, yes. it was the only black one in Arizona with mm -hmm. red stripe. He remembers seeing videos of it or <clears throat> you doing something, and he remembers, he remembers it somehow. Well, you know why I got it? I had a 308 Ferrari, and, you know, there's a local contingent here of uh, exotic car owners. Right. And we would do runs all the time, you know, Sedona, you know, down to Tucson, mm -hmm. uh, Globe. Yeah. And uh, I found that with that little 308 Ferrari I had, I could never keep up with these guys, and it was frustrating, right? <laughs> Sounded good. <laughs> yeah, that was about it. Bright red, you know, red tan. I finally figured I need a supercar. Well, I didn't want to drop a half mil on a Lambo or something. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm looking at the Vipers, and I'm thinking, you know, um, the 71 Hemi Cuda convertible mm -hmm. broke all records in terms of valuation. Mm -hmm. It was a three and a half million dollars, I think, the last one exchanged uh, here in uh, Paradise Valley. Yeah. So I figured, what, is, what will be the next supercar, the next collectible car? And I thought, well, it's got to be Viper because it's limited edition. Mm -hmm. It's got one of the biggest naturally aspirated, uh, you know, mm -hmm. engines in it. What was it, 8.3 liters, yeah, something like that? Yeah, yep. V10, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a pretty unique car. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's what got me into it, and the price was right. It wasn't a half a mil. Yeah, they're they're very affordable. Even yeah. even now that they're going up, they're still affordable. So then the next thing well. I did was I sent it down to Bellinger, um, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> he did the custom exhaust on that thing. He says, mm -hmm. "How loud do you want it?" I said, "Make it as loud as you want." <laughs> so he did. He even put a pickle into the uh, into the uh, to tune this thing, right? Yeah. I, I don't understand the the um, other dynamics there, mm -hmm. but this thing actually improves the horsepower. Then yeah. put a racing ECU in that. And it dynoted 600 horses at the rear wheels right. with, you know, 33. Without going tires. turbo. Right. 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 That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And uh, no traction control, uh, you know, no, uh, no power steering. I mean, it was just uh, your skills in the car, basically. Yeah. And I love the car. I mean, it would uh, it would literally throw you around, kick you around. It was kind of like riding a, uh, a uh, uh, you know, rodeo bull in a uh, yeah. uh, cheap bar. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sure you've experienced <laughs> it. But... Um, so yeah, very yeah. familiar with the car, and uh, yeah, and I got a lot of respect. I mean, that mm -hmm. car was faster than most of those other exotic, the Italian exotics. Mm -hmm. There was one car though that uh, used to smoke me, and that was the two point two million dollar Bugatti Veyron. Oh yeah, with a twin uh, V eight. Yeah, yeah, couldn't yeah, do anything yeah, about w that one. Twelve. Yeah, those are insane. Yeah, yeah W sixteen actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are insane. Crazy I, uh, car. By the way, he doesn't own it anymore. Now there were only two in the state. Mm -hmm. One belonged to um, uh, to Rob, and the other one belonged to uh, Barrett uh, Jackson. Oh, really? Fame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of them now belongs to Stradman, the big YouTuber. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that is where it came from. Interesting. Yeah, he bought Rob's about a year or so ago. Oh, okay. By the way, Rob also has a plaid. Oh, but okay. We're going to get into that. So, of all these cars that you've owned, you know, mm -hmm. the performance cars. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about the plaid's performance compared to these cars. Minus the sound, mm -hmm. it um, it completely dominates every single supercar, hypercar ever made. Any car I've ever touched, um, any car I've ever been in, to run nine seconds on the street with a with a 4S Michelin middle of the road sticky tire is insane. Yeah. There, there's no other way to describe it <clears throat> except it's ludicrous and right. plaid and all these terms. I could see Elon struggling when they're like, what are we going to call this? This is so off the charts. And right. I know that all these names, these words were used when they were describing that car when they were probably, you know, doing it at the beginning. And they thought of this, you know, and he probably loved that movie, Spaceballs, or he had just watched it or something. And that reference to speed of light speed to ludicrous to plaid yeah. just locked in with him and is probably the most genius thing i've you know like of, of, of an idea of how to describe speed to right. me a movie lover myself i just thought that's the best way to describe it it's it's undescribable yeah um well you so. know elon's favorite phrase is uh, smackdown uh, to ice vehicles <laughs> and uh with that plaid elon you met your design objective absolutely <laughs> one thousand percent yep yeah that car i have a <clears throat> I'm, i, I want to do a video where i'll put a bounty on my head i've thought about a ten thousand dollar bounty anybody on the street with a any car mm -hmm. on the street um i'll race them yeah probably more controlled it will do it at the racetrack so 
which is a normal track condition, not a sticky condition, not a mm -hmm. drag strip. But we have a long runway there on the back straight. And I've thought of holding a challenge and say, anybody want to take it? It's right here. Yeah, and put some money on the table yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they could put up a, a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll take their hundred bucks for my right. ten grand. Right. Bet. <laughs> for my electric so, bill. <laughs> so you've got this plaid now, all right? It's uh, the fastest thing in your stable, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. And um, what are we going to do with this car now? Well, I started this YouTube channel a few months ago called Chillin' with Chet. My nickname came from a group of friends that I YouTube with, uh, Cletus and PFI Speed and uh, kind of Whistling Diesel, these guys in this world over there. And I, I've always thought, oh, I'm going to retire from the air ambulance stuff. So I decided I was kind of done with that. COVID kind of slowed us down. It, it allowed me to have time to really think and breathe. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I'll do the, uh, the video stuff. So I started doing that a few months ago, doing podcasts just like this and have all these ideas through podcasts. And then the video stuff started coming out and that's kind of what we've been running with. And I've written probably a hundred pages of ideas down and this one boiled to the top, which was drive a Tesla underwater. Cool. <laughs> Turn it into a submarine like our title says. <laughs> exactly, it's not clickbait. <laughs> right. So, and I know that Elon uh, is obsessed with the car some submarine stuff. being waterproof yeah yes he's yeah. talked about it i know <clears throat> probably pr has sh shut him down on it quit talking about that stuff <laughs> because it can get him in hot water with liability and yeah. you say this and then it doesn't and now you got to cover it there's a big uh, thing i haven't read it though we don't warranty flood damage you probably know a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, we know a little bit, but you see, all of our cars that we bought flood damage, all the Model S's were bought right. at auction. They were already far gone, salvage title. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. I don't know what Tesla's official position is. Like, if you bring a wet car into a service center, right. do they at some point say, "Hey, you know, there's no more warranty here"? I mean, how do they make that determination? That's a good, funny idea. Yeah. Just bring it in dripping wet. We, we should do that after we do this thing I like the submarine that. thing. I like that. <laughs> we'll see what the we'll reaction just, is. We'll just troll the Tesla, the Tesla techs. Yeah. And yeah. just have water just be dripping out of the whole entire car. I smell viral video. <laughs> what do you think, Chet? <laughs> I have a ton of them. I have a ton yeah. of them. But yeah, so that's how we came together. I, I called you guys. And I got, I got, I think, sales or something. And I said, uh, I would like to talk to a tech about a question I have. Yeah. And uh, they're like, well, how can I answer it? And no offense to the girl that answered the phone, but I was like, I need a real guy that works on them. Mm -hmm. And she goes, well, I think they're busy. Could I ask <laughs> We them? sound like Tesla now, right? <laughs> yeah, think, let me, could I, well, tell me what you're asking. I said, uh, it's, I don't remember what I said, something about um, water flood issue, water damage, yeah. and it's a topic about that. And then she came back and said, yeah, um, you know, gave me kind of a, an answer. And I said, all right, I'm driving this underwater and I want to talk to a tech about what I could prepare for or not prepare for if I drive this underwater. And then, I don't know, was it your son or somebody jumped on the phone with me and said, uh... <laughs> I think that would have gone to my son, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he said, that's interesting. And I got the attention I needed. And then yeah. we finally had a conversation about this idea. Now, I do have to say that this is probably the weirdest request we have ever received. So we've got a, uh, yes. we've got a milestone there. <laughs> so um, we're going to take this Model S plaid mm -hmm. and prepare it to basically act like a submarine. Now, yeah. what are the logistics here? I mean, what are we, how are we going to do this? How long will it be underwater, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. how are we going to get it out of the water, basically? So Right. I have, I've had this idea... But when I researched the idea, it came to me through a series of other videos. You know, your thoughts get formed and it was just boom, it hit me like I've never seen this. Like a lot of my ideas, I started Googling mm -hmm. and, I, and I was even Googling test videos from Tesla, driving them underwater, see if they had ever driven them underwater, had ever released that. And there is one out there where they go mid door and it was like a, basically a testing facility where you can go in and out kind of mm -hmm. loop in, go deep, and then come out. A trough. Yeah, a trough. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> how, that's the best way to describe it. So I saw that video, and then I saw, and I just was Googling, you know, Tesla underwater. Saw a lot of flood videos uh, where they're just done with. And then other ones where they're driving mid-door. And I had never seen any of them ever go completely underwater and then completely come back up. I'd never seen anybody attempt that. So that is kind of where I was thought, okay, maybe I got something viral here. 
and really help my chilling with chat channel with the hundred other viral ideas that come up with this one like i said keep kept bubbling to the top and i was like i think we could do it and a lot of those videos kind of formed my ideas the first the first idea was definitely build a trough mm -hmm. i have some property up north and my my guy up there that that runs heavy equipment said it's just a nightmare the, the rocks and boulders are too big up here it'd be we could get into a, a boulder that it was it's impassable right so i said all right what about going down a boat ramp lake pleasant lake pleasant mm -hmm. has a 10 way lane wide boat ramp really and so my original then i thought well i'll drive in and horseshoe go yeah. underwater and then horseshoe back out right i'll do it without any um agreements from the forest service right. <laughs> or yeah. the lake officials <laughs> just quickly just, get it done right we'll just quickly go yeah. we'll drag a tow line and yeah. we'll have it hooked up to my diesel truck in case i drift into the abyss right because i thought i could make a u-turn you know that yeah kind of yeah thing. the u-turn yeah exactly <laughs> and then i went and swam it and about 10 feet down not underwater but of the ramp it got really mossy oh it had slippery it's very yeah. slippery yeah so then i was like oh i'd have to do maybe a snow studded tire yeah but then i thought you know with the weight that i have to put in the car to keep it submerged and seal the cabin the force is lifting up i don't know if i'm going to get that math perfectly right Right. on what I'm trying to accomplish. If it doesn't get any traction, I mean, it'll just slide all the way down. It could be a real problem and it may just never work. For you and the Forest Service. Yeah. So I took the idea to Apex uh, Motorsports where I race cars at. They have a big, huge, giant dirt lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're literally building a whole track out there, another secondary track. And they have all this equipment. And I'm like, you know, the owner, Jason, I said, hey, uh, I have a crazy idea. Just give me a second to explain and then let me know what you think. And at the end of it, he said a few different terms and said basically, yeah, you are crazy, but I see where you're going with this. And he liked the publicity of it as well. It'll maybe help with their track because they're still new, you know, get their yeah. name out. And he thought maybe a million view idea and, our, and you're using our track is something that we want to be a part of. Right. Um, and I would say that's probably fairly similar to Gruber and your team. Um, yeah, we'd like to be a part and help you out and we can be your expert. We like doing crazy things. Right, it's kind of brought us, the three of us together yeah. to kind of pull this thing off. So uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the origins and where it's gone. So now we have a trench dug. Uh, it rained probably for a week straight last week. Yeah. And it had what? I, I don't think it rained for like nine months or something like yeah, that ridiculous. in Arizona and suddenly we're getting downpours. We don't have the floods yet, so I mm -hmm. think we're okay mm -hmm. there. So it turned into a big mud trough. Mm -hmm. So we were out there yesterday with the backhoe, getting it cleared out, trying to dry it out. And um, basically the physics of the whole thing, I need it completely dry underneath the plastic tarp that we're gonna lay down um, to seal off. We can't have any mud or anything under that tarp for stability and whatnot. Right. We need it rock hard underneath. So how's so, it looking right now? Uh, it's a muddy mess. It is still. Still. Yeah. It was uh, still had standing water in it yesterday morning. Okay. So they kind of sloshed it around trying to dry it out. I've been wanting to do it this week. But at this point, I said, we'll announce it like we're doing and then build some, some um, you know, uh, interest in the whole stunt. And mm -hmm. then I'll just do it whenever the conditions are perfect for us. And we can go out there and do it so safely in the right way. So. You've got the thing dried out now, the trough, right? Mm -hmm. What is it, like 75 feet long, you were saying? 85 to like 95 feet long. Okay. That's about and what it is. And the depth? We'll be able to fill it up to about seven feet deep of water. Okay. Plenty mm -hmm. to submerge the car. Yep. Provided yep. we can keep it uh, from uh, getting buoyant Planted. and floating yes. to the top, right? Yes. Yes. All right. So now you've got the tarp of the liner on mm -hmm. top of dry dirt, right? Yep. Which gives you better traction. Yep. Um, now, the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you going to get all that water from? Conveniently, they already have a pond right next door that they just did with that liner. Okay. So Apex, they were like, well, we just did a pond. Can we do it in that one? Right. I said, well, it's going to get mossy and whatever else. It won't work. Plus, I might destroy the liner and you have a real problem. Right. So uh, they said, okay, we have another pond like for like decoration already kind of dug for later on, like a retention pond that they would leave permanently, you know, like at a golf course. Right. And I said, well, what about we'll just use this one side, then we'll just rebuild the pond, shape it up after I'm done. Yeah. 
Right. So we decided to do that. So literally, I'm just going to be pumping the water over when it's ready from the good pond. And then okay. when we're done, just pump it right back. Any projections how long it'll take to fill that thing up? Um, they're thinking a couple good trash pumps might take a 12 hours, maybe oh, overnight. Okay, well, that's pretty Yeah, quick. some yeah. good ones, you know, some <clears throat> decent two-inch pipes. Right. Yeah. So it shouldn't take too long. And it should be fairly clear as well. That was my other question now, yeah, because mm -hmm. you're going to want to be able to see as you're driving through there. Yeah. Now, this yeah. is not full self-driving. Somebody's going to sit, and that's you, right? You're going to yes. be sitting in this car, <laughs> and it's going to be going through the water. That's interesting. I guess I could I could summons it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be a lot safer, but, you know, that takes the thrill out of it. You're not going to try to That might Guinness set the record for <laughs> something of a summons, that I could make it drive through the water. That's true. Do it twice. Yeah, there you go. Two records in one day. Yeah. I don't want it to glitch underwater, though. So and tell me about one other control. aspect in this to create more realism. What was this about fish in the water? <laughs> <laughs> so the, I thought I would dump a whole bunch of goldfish in there. I just thought it'd be interesting to, when I plow through the water, just have a school of fish that's right. viewable, swimming just by. swimming away, <laughs> like scatter, uh, just to add to a funny effect. I have a couple funny things I want to do that day, but that was one of them. Well, then the guys told me, well, we just put a ton of tilapia in our pond and it keeps the pond healthy and oh, clear. Yeah with yeah. tilapia so they have a ton of tilapia so i am actually trying to get them to take me serious to order me a whole bunch of tilapia don't release it into the pond but mm -hmm. release it into my pond and then when we're done we'll just re-release them into their into their pond Back that they've already theirs. made mm -hmm. yeah 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 then yeah. have a fish meal maybe i also live on a lake um mm -hmm. lake community so i might dump a few in there too you know sure. all right <laughs> so um we got to wait until things are drying up a bit, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Any projections? Uh, I mean, I wanted to shoot for Thursday, Friday this week. Obviously, it's already Tuesday. Yeah. So it could it could be where we're ready to go. The schedule looks good for the track because we're kind of working around that too. And then we have a few people that we want to make sure that they can be there. Obviously, you guys and some other YouTubers we want to come vlog for the day. Mm -hmm. um, so if all those things line up, it could happen as early as in a few days it may just roll to next week which is fine with me too i just want to make sure that we have run through every safety scenario possible that we've done all of our testing mm -hmm. and uh which the vlog we're dropping today will show us testing <laughs> the scuba tank that mm -hmm. i purchased from amazon yesterday in my pool um, as well as this uh, winch line we're using winch line to drag with the car it'll be hooked to a running tractor the entire time that's okay. a long enough line so it'll go all the way through and then i'll I, I won't have tension at all but that's my first safety protocol is if it does stall or something happen he'll be able to just immediately go with radio contact mm -hmm. and then just immediately start pulling me back out that's that's safety feature number one yeah. so how many people are going to be in the car just one just me just mm -hmm. you okay no yeah. cameraman or anything like that. do we have any volunteers here no, I would have volunteers. I think the track would get nervous, more, more liability. Probably, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I have thought about that, filling it up with some interesting characters, yeah, friends and whatnot. But yeah. uh, they kibosh that fairly quick. What about weight? What are you doing about that? So, interesting enough, I've researched it. I did not know this, but a cubic foot of air weighs has a buoyancy of 64 pounds. So I was going to ask you, do you have a 3D imager by chance? I don't think we have that, do we, guys? Where you can run a 3D image no. with a lasers and whatnot? No, that'd be, I, yeah, I thought I you might. Going. Yeah, that'd be cool. But where we can perfectly <clears throat> calculate the, the, the cubic feet of air. Right. My rough, my rough math is that the actual in-cockpit through the rear area is about 100 cubic feet of air. Okay. Um, but then we also have to put into consideration tires, which is not a ton. And then trapped air in the right. body panels, inside the door panels that would never be exposed to water or anything, or water may push it into a trapped area mm -hmm. and not, not release. So I have to calculate for that. My rough estimates are anywhere from 2,000 to 4,000 pounds of extra lead will give me right around 500 to 1,000 pounds of weight underwater fully submerged. That's kind of what I'm shooting for. Okay. So I have enough weight and enough traction to pull me out without spinning the tires too much and then tearing, tearing the, um, uh, you know, the, the seal yeah. and then ruining the whole thing. So that's kind of where we want to go. I mean, if we don't tear and we're too light, maybe we pull out 
add more weight. But then now we're going to be looking at a, a gross overall dry weight of about eight to 10,000 pounds. Okay. <laughs> because it's a big bubble. Right. You know, I mean, 100 cubic feet is 6,400 pounds. The car weighs 5,000. So just to become not floating, you have to add 1,400 pounds to that with yeah. me in it. And then I want to add another thousand for traction. That's only at a hundred cubic feet. We haven't really calculated the, the, the extra air that'll be trapped in the car somewhere. So it could be up there with eight, 9,000 pound car by the time we drive it in. So the car, by the way, right now is up on a lift over at Gruber Motor Company. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of what we're doing is unprecedented. You know, yeah. we've never been called on to uh, do this type of work. <laughs> I don't think anybody has, nope. actually. But um, what I hear is there's a lot of uh, Vaseline being applied <laughs> in various spots <laughs> and uh, attempts to uh, waterproof some vital uh, components in that car. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do that all afternoon today. So that'll okay. be fun. We'll have that video up, you know, hopefully in a day or two of the whole, our first meeting and then going mm -hmm. over just the basics and then that final conclusion of us prepping the car. And then it's going to sit basically on a trailer until we're ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, you know, tow it out to the facility and just kind of wheel it over to our spot so we can make sure there's no uh, movement of the car, breaking seals that we just created with. Sure. Uh, I'm trying to get a sponsorship with um, Flex Seal. What's that all about? <laughs> and and uh, that's kind of one of the goals of mine that I have is to get a sponsorship with them because I have two other, which I'm not going to really talk about here, but I have two other crazy ideas. Yeah. And uh, I think they could really help me. <laughs> Do they include Teslas? <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, then we're interested definitely. in that too. Yes. No, no, no. I definitely <clears throat> talk about that. <laughs> so, yeah, we are documenting or Chet is documenting this mm -hmm. entire process. So make sure you watch for the videos because... Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be just the event video, but I think what will be equally interesting is mm -hmm. the preparation for this event. Yeah. Yeah. We have, um, well, I mean, I mean, I say to your Tesla people, your followers and all that, I think they're going to be fascinated with it, but I think it's going to go far beyond Tesla people. I think it could be a worldwide, uh, video that everybody around the world would click on and want to see. And I thought that would be a nice way to start our relationship with a video that has your name all over it. And as the experts that helped me prep it mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we know business and that can be very beneficial when we move forward with all the ambitious stuff that we try to do with, in businesses and having your name out there as an expert beyond the Tesla people. Um, you never know what opportunities will come from that. So, you know what I'm, I think about. How do you think Tesla corporate is going to react to all of this? I can just see some head shaking taking place. There's got to be some tongue in cheek activity there. You know, this this is right. probably going to attract a lot of attention back at the uh, right. in the corporate castle somewhere. I think so too, and I think I think Elon is going to love it mm -hmm. deep down if he can talk about it, be a part of it whatever we've talked about that well we talked about inviting him right yes elon there's yes. your invitation yes you got to come out visit us in arizona yeah. and you got to come see one of your plaids actually being turned into a submarine <laughs> we'd love to have you i have a sneaking suspicion that they may have done this before really in testing in testing but for him to be that out, confident yeah. yeah and a few comments that he's made and for him to be that obsessed with the submarine feature to put an Easter egg on our screen in the Model S yeah, um, with that 007 Lotus. Right. Uh, and then for him to buy it, and I think he mounted it in his house, in one of his houses, mm -hmm. I think he's probably said, let's take this thing underwater and see what it can do, or in water as a boat or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I've heard some more stuff with the truck, maybe that they're talking about that too. So. Uh, like I think he deep down is going to really enjoy the video. Like turning the Cybertruck into a semi-amphibious -am um, vehicle? Yeah, something of that nature. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, when you're talking about it, too, I thought, you know, who else might like it is the military. Yeah, good point. And yeah. maybe underwater features that can go deep and then come up on a beach somewhere. Yeah. Um, to be able to sink, bring the ballast, drop it to the ground. with a, And these types of tests maybe taking place without us knowing who knows but i mean the other thing that my logic that came from i'm obsessed with rc cars mm -hmm. <laughs> i have been since i was 10 11 years old and then when you get older they're great because they're so much cheaper 
than a vehicle. Yeah, and I've had points in my life where I couldn't afford a dollar, you know, to do anything. So I always had these RC cars that I could always go out and get the kid fun out, you know, and race those. Right. Well, I know that those are sealable and you can drive those underwater as long as they're sealed up and you make sure your joints are nice and tight. You can drive those vehicles underwater, on water, do anything with, you, with them. And I knew that this is basically a large scale, full size RC car. Sure. I mean, they yeah. can be summons and driven on their own um, completely, eventually. If unlocked, they could do it right now. Just they have to make sure they're safer than safe mm -hmm. to put out there with people. So I figured if that's the, how, how they're engineered, then they're probably fairly well um, insulated already. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's possible, the whole, the whole entire process. So. You know, in 2017, <clears throat> during the hurricane season, um, Texas and Florida, there was a um, uh, flood of uh, literally of uh, flood damaged cars at mm -hmm. the auction houses, Mannheim, IAA, Copart. And it was during the slower time when we were starting Gruber Motor Company. There were only so many roadsters back then that we mm -hmm. were repairing. Mm -hmm. So we needed to find uh, other ways to generate revenue. And uh, we thought, you know, hey, these body shops are terrified of anything having to do with electronics. They like to yeah. spray paint and bend metal. Mm -hmm. We do just the opposite. We'll, we'll do that other stuff, but you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're focused on the electronics. So mm -hmm. we ended up buying a lot <clears throat> of uh, flood damaged cars. We bought 22 model S's, for example. Mm -hmm. And uh, we learned a lot about what flooding and uh, water damage does to those cars. Mm -hmm. Short term, I think you're fine, except mm -hmm. for one car that we got out of um, Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, once we get the cars, by the way, uh, they're usually dead by the time we get them because they, uh, they yeah. shut down. Mm -hmm. So then we hack into the MCU, uh, the computer, mm -hmm. and we get the customer information and we'll call them and say, hey, we got your car. Is there anything personal you want out of this car? Uh, and oh, by the way, what's the backstory on it? Uh, how did it get flood damage? Yeah, give us a little info and we'll yeah. maybe you know, return yeah. the favor with some items. So um, this particular car, he said, yeah, my wife was coming home and uh, there was a flash flood uh, going across the street. She thought it wasn't that deep and she decided to, uh, to breach it anyway. Mm -hmm. She did and a little bit of the water came up over the hood mm -hmm. and some of it went back toward the windshield, flowed down in between that gap and mm -hmm. went on the fuse block. Yeah. And that's what shut down her car. Well, the insurance companies immediately total these things. When they hear EV, water, Done. they, yeah, that's it. It's totaled. Mm -hmm. So um, we get the car out here and, uh, you know, it was, a, it, um, it was a moderate repair. But what we found is that um, there, there was predictable parts that would get damaged depending on the water level on the car. And sometimes the auction houses help you with that. They'll draw a chalk line on the door how high the water got. Mm -hmm. And uh, we learned exactly what was wrong with it, depending on that water level. You know, you have body mm -hmm. control modules. The chargers were always shot because it was the lowest thing underneath the rear seat. And mm -hmm. there was always a, uh, you know, a tub of water back there by the mm -hmm. time we got the car. The, but again, the biggest problem was the length of time it was submerged. So mm -hmm. I think you're going to be fine for that uh, two yeah. minutes or so that you're going to be underwater because it's going to yeah. take that water some time to find three the, seconds, I hope. Yeah, the access. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I know what you're saying, and I've, I've, I've thought that too. Yeah. I think if I, I my original plan was not to do a plaid, by the way. Mm -hmm. Okay. It just happened to be come across my radar as the fastest car on the planet, and of course I'm interested in that. Right. Uh, and then this idea has been bubbling around, and they just they had to come together. A lot of people cringe when I tell them that, and that is really when I knew it was a good idea. Right. When they're like, wait, wait, you're doing the plaid. You just spent a hundred and well, I spent 170,000 on it. Yeah. Tell I us about it that. Early. It's a $130,000 car. How did you end up paying so much for it? I didn't know it was a $130,000 car to the original buyers that locked in a year ago. Mm -hmm. I've only seen the prices now, which is like 145 or something. Cause they're charging 10, $12,000 just for the auto driving feature. Okay. And then you have an upgrade to the rims as well, like two, 3000 or something. And so I saw that, you know, as a $145,000, $150,000 car, maybe a little bit more with taxes and all that whatnot. So then I really wanted the vehicle that I could start making videos right away. Mm -hmm. And 
it's really a race. I mean, you have the internet now and you have these YouTubers out there that are already well established. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get the car. I need to get it. And I really twisted and turned over that extra 15,000. I really paid over what I thought I could get it for. I actually still have one ordered and it keeps kicking out right to Mm -hmm. December or whatever. And it would have blown out my idea for a race week that I can also talk about that I'm doing where I'm going to be racing it around the country. But the, uh, I felt that time was critical to get it then. And I quite frankly think I could find one now for 150 because a lot of those earlier adopters that, that jumped on board still have a nice profit there of about 10000 or so, and nobody really knows the difference. I didn't know until I opened the paperwork that came with the car that he had bought it for 130 oh, out the door. Okay. Yeah, which is fine. I, yeah. I mean, he made some extra money that I didn't know about, which is fine. But um, I needed to get it. So, yes, I, I spent 170000 private party mm-hmm. so no taxes on top of that so i'm guessing about 15 grand over what i could get it for right now and even if i could get it right now yeah so i made that decision just to jump and it was worth it you know to get it now because we could be doing all these things that i've been doing with it that i could never do i'd be still waiting or i would you know i had to gamble because there was nothing on the market yet besides this one car and there was one local mm-hmm. and there was another one for two hundred thousand. 250, you know, crazy numbers. Right. They're saying on the fear that the shortage is so bad, you're never going to get this vehicle until next year. And so I had to weigh my options. So I I jumped. But um, the other thing in September, I do this uh, Rocky Mountain Race Week. And I'm actually taking that. It would be the first electric car ever. We go from drag strip to drag drag strip around middle America, Kansas, Oklahoma, and all that. And we race. Every night we come pull into a new drag strip and then we race all afternoon, whatever our racing bracket is, whatever we're doing. And then we all get a map when we're completed for the day, we turn in our times and then we get a map and then we get told where to go for the next one and how to get there. Interesting. Okay. Yep. We know which town we're going to go to so we can get hotel rooms and stuff like that. Right. But we don't know exactly the route yet. And that is like the cool part of this Rocky Mountain Race Week that I've been doing. So in the interim, I've also thought... (laughs) Just to be an agitator, I bought a diesel generator. Okay. Have you seen this yet? No, no, I haven't. Tell us about it. <laughs> so I bought a 60 hertz diesel generator. And um, we're putting the tow hitch on today for the possible towing of the vehicle out of the water. But originally it was just to tow a big diesel generator on, on a trailer. So I purchased that uh, last week and found out that uh, the guy lied to us, said that it was fully rebuilt and ran great. Once we finally put it under a Tesla load of charging at 48 amps, which yeah. it does, it started blowing white smoke and uh, blowing oil out the exhaust of a diesel generator. Uh, so the funny part is now we have a an engine rebuild <laughs> prior right. to race week, which is normal for people, right? just to charge my electric car, which takes zero prep. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the other fun thing I'm doing is going to be driving around this whole race week that I get a lot of attention from already, but it'll be a fun thing to do with an electric car and be the first. Yeah. And hopefully win my 9-0 bracket class is what I'm entering. Do we have any questions yet, by the way? No, no we don't. No, okay. All right. <laughs> we, will, we will, though. Yeah, we're going to – we got to advertise these a little bit better, I, I, I think, this one. So anyway mm-hmm. – um, Rob, the guy that also got a plaid, mm-hmm. he was complaining about the yoke wheel. He says, look, oh, I, yeah. it's cool. Uh, you know, it's, it's different. But I live on Mummy Mountain, and I've got switchbacks. And he yeah. said, it's just not exactly what I would like it to be. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that wheel? It's great for Instagram pictures, videos yeah. for my world. It's cool. It's different. I actually put, I chopped the top of my Huracan uh, wheel already off to make it more look like a race car. Similar concept. Oh, okay. So it's all carbon fiber and there's no top. Right. So I was already kind of prepared for it when I got it. And what my thought was on that was the same thing. Completely idiotic for the street. Right, yeah. <laughs> there is zero application when it comes to doing a U-turn. You grab through the wheel. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've thought about, you know those old trucker um, oh, wheels? The, yeah. I thought about squeezing one on the yoke. <laughs> Right. So I could just use that as a big, you know, grab point. Right. Because now I put my hand in the middle of the hole of the yoke, and I kind of just rotate it like that. Oh, okay. So I keep constant contact. Yeah. And then I don't have to be grabbing, you know, 
once you spin. Yeah. Because where it comes from to me is a race car. We have I have a race car that just has handles. Yeah. Well, your steering ratio is to lock right. to lock, yeah. but in a normal car, it's all the way around, maybe two times. Yeah. When you're parallel parking or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah or you just oops, <clears> I gotta <throat> grab it or whatever. So I think it will be a one and done hit. Yeah. I don't think they'll ever do it again. Really. And they're gonna give people an option to get rid of that and just go to a normal steering wheel. Because I can't imagine, uh, you know, a grandma that loves the car, wants to buy the car, and then has to convert over to yeah. a yoke, and she's been driving for 60 years right. with a steering wheel, and then also be the most powerful car on the planet. Right. They're going to need to make it an option. My neighbor wants to get the X Plaid, I guess, that's mm -hmm. coming out. Yeah. And uh, she was has a ton of questions, and I told her, unless you want the power... Do it, but I mean the the wheel might really bother you, you yeah. know. Yeah, I don't think it's it's cool. I I like weird stuff like that, but practicality it's terrible. Well, do we have any questions from our gallery? What about you, uh, Aaron? So can you just there might be some people watching that didn't that, that haven't seen the whole thing. So let me make, let me get this straight. Are you telling me <laughs> that you're going to take the most talked about car in the world right now, the fastest production vehicle ever produced? Mm -hmm. Are you seriously saying you're going to, you bought one of these things and you're going to take it underwater? You're, what? Is that, is that right? Yes, 1,000%. That's as simple as it is. How crazy are you, man? <laughs> some, you know, I, some say crazy, some say uh, brilliant, but e I... Eccentric is eccentric, a better word. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I lean on the side of crazy and sometimes it just works out. Oh, you fit in right here, man. <laughs> yeah. I uh, love to jump and figure it out on the way down. I find that as a quality that not a lot of people have, and that's fine, but I definitely love that feeling of free fall, and now I'm forced to figure it out. So driving a car under the water like this isn't very far off my normal thought process and my beaten path. That um, idea of just jumping and figuring out, that makes me think about really Tesla's history over the past several years and all the yeah. decisions that Elon's made and what's happened, right? Exactly. And, and another company that I really liked where we can relate to is Dodge. Out of all of them, Dodge is like, you know, the off-brand cola yeah, between Ford runs, and Chevy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. The Mopar guys. Right. And they kind of, their claim to fame has been cuckoo crazy. Mm -hmm. I had the Demon for a year, the Dodge Demon. That was, a, you know, 800 some horsepower. Yeah. And <clears throat> it was just crazy that they would put that out in the day and, and the era of safety and concern and Everybody's so worried about every single thing, right? Mm -hmm. And and then they just dump this car that you get a crate that you can go to the racetrack. It's just yeah. that whole concept to me is very similar to Elon and, and Tesla's philosophy of, oh, yeah, we're boring. Well, we're going to put out uh, a flame, a, not a flamethrower, which, by the way, I bought. Oh, you did? You <laughs> yeah, did I made some funny it. videos with it yesterday. <laughs> but uh, that we have a flamethrower, you know. And then he puts out a tequila because I don't know yeah. why he likes that tequila. And this, to me, I can really relate with that. And I just thought it was right up the alley of maybe some Tesla owners, too, that are sick of, like, being looked at like you're boring people. Mm -hmm. not, they're really not, you know, to really kind of go against the grain. A lot of people, especially the early people with the roadsters, oh, can relate that, yeah. to that 100%. It's in the Tesla DNA. I mean, the early yeah. adopters, you know, I, mm -hmm. I remember talking to one guy, he was a financial analyst and he said, you know, I didn't think the company was going to make it, but I gave yeah. him a hundred grand down payment for that roadster. Mm -hmm. And if I get it, I get it. If not, I don't, you know, <laughs> he got his car eventually, you know, Yeah, yeah. but yeah. that was basically the philosophy back then. Mm -hmm. And then of course you had the other faction, which was, they were completely committed to saving this planet, the gold mm -hmm. green guys, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, he also does have a deep passion for that. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So yeah. they're they're a unique bunch, and I yeah I can relate to them. My 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 that one little thing though with the diesel generator charging a, yeah. a green Tesla, right? For right. example, one it, it's to me is like, don't just assume anybody doing something different that the battery world is the end all be all, and that is the cleanest option. Period. There are a lot of um, you know things that the environment has to go through to create those batteries and dispose of those batteries when they're done. But the other thing, it's really not a political thing for me. It's not global warming. I have my own beliefs on that. But it's really, um, I have some friends that are being picked on by the EPA. They are going after anybody that turns a combustion engine that had a, that had a VIN number and modifying it even for the racetrack. 
for off-road use only. Really? The EPA has been not only just saying they're going to do it, they interpret the new laws as modifying a vehicle to go to any of my friends that are own shops. Let's say, for example, the diesel mm -hmm. guys get hammered all the time for this. Well, if you modify it or whatever, as a dealer, you could get in trouble because you have laws that restrict you from modifying the emission systems, mm -hmm. right? Taking off catalytic converters and whatnot. Well, even if they just sold a computer through e-commerce, they never touched it, it came from China, went right out. I have some friends that are being attacked by the EPA and being bullied into paying fines. And then also they want them to sign that they will never modify another vehicle for on-road or off-road use only doesn't matter that you'll never modify another vehicle sounds pretty insane. and they run race yeah. shops really yeah and so they're really attacking us little small sliver of racers and that's the whole concept that i want is yeah bring the attention on you're going to think it's one thing but really it's just my battle and helping my friends to the epa like to raise awareness that they're attacking a small sliver of cars that sometimes actually run way more efficient than um, cars on the road or diesels and whatever truckers and all that other stuff like to basically raise awareness so they stop um, you know attacking these little guys right and, and expose what they're doing so that's that, that that's why I'm doing the diesel generator as well you know you know this notion of uh, towing a uh, generator behind an EV mm -hmm. is not new oh I know um, yeah we um, the T0 that we have here mm -hmm. and I can show it to you after the uh, podcast it's a it's a burnt out hulk at this point because it went through a fire but anyway there's a trailer hitch on the back of that mm -hmm. and uh, here's this EV really the first sports car electric vehicle right mm -hmm. and back then uh, there were no charging stations 1997 time frame yeah. you know so in order to go long distances you either had to go to a KOA campground and spend you know hours there <laughs> yeah so what the designer of the one of three T-Zeros did was he put a Yamaha generator tow behind mm -hmm. with this car mm -hmm. so that when you did run out of battery juice, you could mm -hmm. essentially keep going and this generator right. would continue to provide your DC power to keep the thing running. Mm -hmm. What was amazing is, is that every ounce of uh, you know, carbon reduction was negated by that uh, two-cycle <laughs> engine spewing back there. But a uh, pretty cool yeah. concept. Yeah, and what we found too is the amount of discharge that the plaid, you know, used the energy. I think I'd have to drive like 30 miles an hour, roughly, in eco whatever mode on the Tesla to even if we could hack the system and get it to charge while driving. Right. I could probably drive only about 30 miles an hour to 30 mile an hour charge rate to be break even. I mean, yep. it could add to my overall distance, but then I'm also have to calculate the weight and the towing. Mm -hmm. and the inefficiency of the towing. It's completely ridiculous. There's no way it's going to work. It's not. It goes against the laws of power generation in general, right? So you have, you need to spin a turbine, but you need to, some energy needs to do that. We use it falling water. We use it with, um, you know, hydroelectric stuff, but we Wind, have um, yeah. um, uh, nuclear. We have, <clears throat> we have coal burning. We have, you know, that mm -hmm. makes steam to spin these generators. So the energy has to come from somewhere. And the amount of energy create that you need, even from a solar panel on top of the car, maybe run maybe charge the little the little lithium battery now too, that that basically the car runs on. But it's so insignificant, it doesn't matter. The solar will never take over that, yeah. you know, charging part. So, so that whole concept, I'd know. The, the the negative gains are too too much. You know, you're mm -hmm. never going to have a positive outcome from that. So for me, it's more of like funny, mm -hmm. and maybe raise some awareness. You know. For my friends so chet uh tell us about your channel chilling with chet yeah that's um it's a real different type of channel if you could imagine mm -hmm. <laughs> so i have a podcast i have my friends i have my car stuff i have gun stuff um i do you know have some girl stuff on there like i'll hang out with them and do some fun stuff with them and uh just kind of it's my world and i'm not apologetic of it it is what it is so right now it's just been the tesla a lot of the tesla and I also have a video that's out right now. It's a missing person that I ran across a gentleman a year ago. I raced him in a race. The, viral, the video went viral. I raced him in my GT2 RS, and he had the Porsche Taycan Turbo S. All right. We raced at a racetrack. He went a half a mile past me on the race and then ran into the pull-off area way past, and it got a lot of attention. The guy went missing 10 days later. He had bragged about being a CIA spy. 
and done a lot of stuff in that short interaction that we had had, that he was recently divorced, moved back to Kansas, and he talked a big talk about all this stuff, that he was a five-star general. Mm -hmm. Craziness. And I know it's so out there. When I found out that he went missing, it was confirmed six months later by seeing all the news and everything else, I thought, well, I'm going to go investigate it. So I've dropped a couple videos for that. We have another one coming out soon of a part two, and I've got nothing but crazy compliments that it should get like a YouTuber of the Year award because it's such a well-produced investigational video that I'm putting out. Outstanding. Yeah, yeah well, it's yeah, crazy. Well, we met your team. We were pretty impressed with them. Yeah, they're, they're a good group of guys, especially my, my number one guy, Cody. He's a, you know, we take our, we battle with time mm-hmm. <laughs> with getting stuff out, but his product is incredible. So, yeah, so when you go look at my channel, you're going to see a, a big variety of stuff. Eventually, it'll go to a website where people will be able to pick and choose kind of like a Netflix mm-hmm. of what they feel like watching Tesla stuff, right. combustion engine stuff, funny stuff, gun stuff, race stuff, whatever. They'll be able to like hit those categories and then they won't have to just watch what's next. YouTube is not very good for categorizing if you have a variety of videos on your, on your, um, channel, for your example. Channel, yeah. yeah. So, so, um, next week we're going mm-hmm. to have actually, uh, the power utility here, uh, Arizona public service. One of the physicists is coming out, okay. and uh, we're going to get a unique perspective on the um, utilities' view on electric vehicles. Mm. What do they feel about the power grid, for example? Will it be able to support this rapid mass adoption of uh, EVs? Mm-hmm. Um, what What are the uh, the uh, dynamics of charging in your home? What does that do to the neighborhoods and to the charging grid and all that? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about vehicle to grid, and I'm sure we'll get some insights from her uh, vast experience with the utilities. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that uh, everybody watches the videos. They're going to come out here shortly. You can mm-hmm. watch them on our channel. You can watch them on Chet's channel, mm-hmm. Chillin' with Chet. Yeah. And um, do we have anything else that we need to cover, guys? Do you want to shout out any of your other social medias? Oh, just uh, my, my I'm Uncle Chet is my bigger Instagram. And then Chillin' with Chet, you can find me across all the different uh, social media stuff, the chilling with chat, it's easy to find. Um, but yeah, that's that's the, uh, the social stuff that I do. So, okay. um, what what if we have one second? You sure. know your APS stuff that you're going to be talking about. I've had a unique experience with my power at my house and mm-hmm. charging my Tesla. So while the ACs are all running and now trying to charge, I've been chasing quite an electrical. Uh, hose that's getting clamped off now so you got some overload issues going yeah i've been on. popping yeah. breakers that i never thought i'd break you know pop 100 amp breakers 200 amp breakers really yeah yep yep so i've been really drawing pretty heavy at my house it's not so uncommon yeah i'm gonna definitely watch that one yeah replace an extra load on the infrastructure <laughs> yep all right well we would uh we want to thank everybody for uh joining us and uh chet thank you for being on thank our you. podcast um we'll, we'll do more of these and uh stay tuned we're going to turn this model s plaid into a submarine <laughs> and it should be the uh media event of the year as far as tesla is concerned anyway hopefully <laughs> again thank you we appreciate you joining our channel thanks <laughs>